Welcome to TTM Cast One on One with Jeff Baker. Every Wednesday, we'll bring one on one interviews with hobby professionals, former athletes, authors, and collectors. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody. And no, we're not at a Shriners convention. We're not at... <laughs> Drew has a fez yeah, on, guys. Drew is wearing a fez. I'm just I'm just saying that. It's a red, red fez with a, with a black uh, frilly thing. It, it, Drew's wearing a fez. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, uh, you keep on commenting on my hats, so I had to break something really crazy <laughs> out this time. And I looked over, my fez was sitting there. I'm like, we have a winner. So there we go. Guys, Drew's wearing a fez. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. It is... April 5th, Wednesday, April 5th, and you're listening to TTM Cast One on One. This is our Wednesday show. We talk and we have a nice interview for you on this show. We do a rundown of little hobby happenings. Drew, Drew busts out his fez and uh, no holes bars today, guys. My name is Jeff Baker. I'm talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts, and I got Drew on the other line. Uh, he is in Dallas, Texas. Hey, Drew. Hey, good to be here. Drew, make sure you guys check out Drew's YouTube channel. It is dfwgrapher.com. He's got a new video. Getting a lot lot of views this uh, week, I think. Yeah, I got to actually post up my one from this past week yet. But uh, yeah, it's been uh, getting some views, some comments, new subscribers, all that. So if you haven't subscribed yet, youtube.com slash dfwgrapher. Hit that subscribe button and you'll find out every time that I post a video. We've got a great interview for you. For you this week we've been putting this off for two weeks right because we he kept getting pre preempted but we're, we're we're very happy we're gonna run with auto more auto more played in the nba he played with a lot of really bad teams in the nba guys he played with the pistons and the uh kansas city omaha kings and a couple other uh houston rockets and uh he never made the playoffs he has the second most games in career for not and not being able to play in the playoffs uh but he was really a great guest talked all about his career talked about signing autographs and it's it's a real fun interview so that is coming up with ttm cast 101 but first what do we have drew batting lead off it is hobby happenings let's get the show started leading off we look at hobby happenings Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. It's hobby happenings. We got a lot of stuff going on. We, we Drew and I do a show every Saturday and every Wednesday. So this is uh, stuff that new stuff to report out in the hobby. Kind of give you a little taste of what's going on, right, Drew? A little, yeah, exactly. Taste of what's going on in the hobby. Uh, and I guess, I don't know, is this a faux pas? Is this a uh, uh, rescinding? Is this the, oops, the, we're talking, of course, our friends at Beckett, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about this last on Saturday's show, and they have a, had a new grading scale that they released and they were all excited about it and it was all sorts of 
talk in the hobby and those murmurings and the next day they they said oh we we're only kidding yeah. <laughs> i don't know if we we're only kidding or they changed their mind because it was such a negative feedback but they they scrapped their plans to have their new uh, grading scale kind of a little strange don't you think drew it is, but at the same time, it shows that they are listening to the collector, and that is the biggest thing the companies, the card companies, grain companies, any company in the hobby needs to do. Ultimately, we are the ones who help keep all that stuff alive, and if people don't like what you're doing, you better be ready to change it. And Beckett, kudos to them for listening and saying, okay, let's rethink this. Yeah, I, you know, you just wonder how many meetings were were were. were happened and how many people had to go sit on all this stuff and how long it took them to roll it out and they just said ah never mind I, yeah. we were only kidding it was just, we we were just throwing up a trial balloon to see what people thought i don't know i it, it, it's still strange to me yeah it's definitely a little bit weird but i mean hey good for them for being able for thinking on on the fly a little bit there it kind of reminds me of that new new Coke. Remember when Coke re released the <laughs> yeah. new Coke way back and said, "Oh, yeah. oh no, we're not changing the formula. We were we were only kidding." Yeah, <laughs> and the crazy thing is, I mean, and the, whether good or bad, Coke never fired anybody over that decision at all. And hopefully, hopefully Beckett doesn't either. Yeah, so we applaud Beckett for um, taking a chance, but again, we I guess we applaud Beckett for listening to the collectors, and they are not changing their grading scale. So that is. Uh, uh, I don't know. A fall. Uh, everyone reacted, and and Beckett said, "No, we're going to listen to our collectors," which is really neat. No, well, Drew, we had an another record in the auction world. Yeah, a Babe Ruth 1920s bat was up for auction at Hunt Auctions. Game used one from the 1920s. That's, I mean, that's got to be a big one right there. Just looking at it, and yeah, the final sale price 1.85 million dollars. That's a new record for the highest price that a bat has ever gone for, and. I can't really blame them. I mean, that's that is probably the bat to own right there. I mean, anything involving Babe Ruth from a, the glory years of his career there in the twenties, that's going to go for big money, and it did right there. Yeah, I guess they had a great provenance. It was on display at the Polo Grounds that way back when, and it had um, they photo matched it, and it had all sorts of stuff to prove that it was a Babe Ruth bat. And I think it, that's one of the reasons why um, it, it went so much. But it's kind of cool. Hey, true, we finally did it. It only took us uh, two years to to pick a pick a bunch of games that were correct. No kidding. Yeah, the final four there with uh, we both agreed that UConn was going to win it all. It's just and yeah, I mean, why couldn't this have happened when I was earlier on in the tournament? There, I mean, I was so confident with my pick of Purdue going into everything and totally just just crapped out real fast on everything there. And then what do I do? I nail the final four stuff. So I know we congratulate uh, UConn. I think UConn did a great job. We all, I think we also picked San Diego, right? Didn't we pick San Diego state to go move forward as well. So I think so. We, yeah. We finally picked a couple winners. Drew, Drew and I, I'm going to pat ourselves on the back. Cause we don't, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, so exactly. congratulations UConn for a big win. They obviously they were the best team in the tournament. They each game, they won in double figures. I believe, I don't think there was, there was a squeaker in there for UConn at all. Uh, I watched the final game and, and they were the better team. They certainly were the better team, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't watch much of the final four. I had other stuff going on for it and all that. But I mean, anytime that you're winning it every single game in double figures, it just shows you're getting hot at the right time. And they definitely did it. They did it right there. Well, Drew, we have some uh, March grading numbers from our friends at germrate.com. Why don't you let people know all the, the March grading numbers? Yeah, we do indeed. PSA in March graded 1.22 million cards. Probably remember we are marveling at the over a quarter million every week that they were getting through there. And yeah, 1.22 million across the entire month. That's a 22% increase from February and 24% increase from the previous year. 
SGC graded uh, 121,000 cards, up 31% since February, 17% increase previous. You also have a uh, Beckett increase 11% since February, 71,000 cards, actually down a little bit there overall, there's a 7% drop. And then uh, CSG, 84,000 cards, down 17% from February, but that's what happens when you have the a little difference there with the uh, their sale that they had going on as well. Yeah, but I think still, that would affect it. Still, yeah, still so nice is, numbers though from all four. What is that? That's 1.2, one, one, one and a half, one and a half million cards, right? A little more yeah, 1.5, 1. 1.6, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. Very good for cards graded in March. So that's nice. It's, it's good to see that the hobby is healthy when all, a lot of the, all those cards are getting graded. That, that's really a good thing. Hey, we have a lot of new releases uh, coming out today. Just want to let everyone know the, uh, so, the Upper Deck Series 2 hockey is out. You get six young guns per hobby box. Cards number 251 to 450. You get four upper deck canvas cards and four upper deck portrait rookie cards in a box. The hobby boxes are going between 120 and 130 dollars, which is not bad. That's upper deck series two is now out. Got the 2022 Top Stadium Club Chrome baseball is coming out uh, today as well. In that, you're going to see 14 packs with six cards per pack. You'll get one autograph per box. 140 the price tag on that product being released today as well as the 2022 panini limited football uh you get five cards three packs uh in the box two autographs and one memorabilia uh but hobby box is going for about 350 dollars. that's 2022 panini limited football got a panini contenders basketball coming out for the 22 that the 22 23 season there we go eight packs of four cards you get two autographs per box as well Panini Contenders Basketball running for $450 to $500 a box. And due out next week, we don't have a price on this, but I just want to let everyone know it's going to be due out on April 12th, is the 2022 Topps Dynasty Baseball. It's kind of the lottery ticket uh, product, right, Drew? You get yeah. one encased card. They're all numbered 10 or less. There's five uh, boxes per case. And I'm going to say these, these usually go for between what, like five and 600 bucks, right? Yeah, it's definitely a higher end one. Not quite as high end as like, you know, the National Treasures kind of stuff there, but definitely out of outside my price range for one card yeah those, those will be out next week and we'll, we'll we'll uh we'll let you know when we get a price on that but i just want to let everyone know uh i just want to uh thank everyone to remind everyone if you haven't had a chance yet uh the bob feller active valor award which I, i'm trying to do some work work with they're the nonprofit. they earn money for veterans and uh for scholarships of veterans and their families and they're um going to be releasing a set of 39 baseball cards featuring people that that uh were uh, in the military as well as did great things on the baseball field and uh the sets are going to be free with a donation to the foundation but they're trying to get a pre-order to find out how many sets they should order so uh, i'd like you to uh, just go on activevaloraward.org activevaloraward.org just go in and put your name and your mailing address and your phone number and pre-order a set uh, there's no commitment. Then I'll look asking for any money right now. We just want to know how many sets we should order. So go to activevalorward.org. Pre-order set. There's going to be 39 cards. It's really easy. Takes about, I don't know, a minute to do it, two minutes to do it. Go to activevalorward.org. And I thank you uh, for helping out on that. We have some a new release from our friends at Collects. Yeah, we've got the new Collects Pro is uh, coming out now. Got some really great uh, options you can go there along with. I mean, collects, we're always big fans of collects just to begin with. You can find all your card info through there. You can find the info that the cards are selling for. With collects pro, you can export your collection. You can print checklists. 
And you can have uh, featured listings up on uh, through the app and through their site there to uh, sell and trade cards as well. Costs you $9.99 a month, $99.99 for a year. If you're interested in that, go and check out collects.app. That's C-O-L-L-X dot app for more information. Drew, the, the checklist feature is really neat. What it does is it pin, it prints a picture of all the cards. So you get a you get not only the name and a number of card, but you get a picture of the, the card as well, which is really cool. Um, so, it, uh, you know, collect, we love collects and collects is free, but if you want to um, upgrade, to, it's only $10 a month. You get a lot of different features. Uh, so go to collects.app to check that out. Well, I think that wraps up Hobby Happiness, Drew. You got anything else you want to add before we, uh, we, talk, we do our interview? No, we kind of flew through that one. Wow, there was uh, a lot of stuff, but we got uh, came came at them rapidly with it there. I guess. So yeah, we're we're, we're, we're pros that now. Oh yeah, you know it's the Fez. It's the the Fez get the, the Fez <laughs> exactly. gets you going. It's the power of the tassel there. The yeah. Power of the tassel. Well, you know what? I I had a, uh, the opportunity to interview uh, Otto Moore, who played in the NBA for eight or nine seasons. He played with the Kansas City Omaha Kings. He played with the Detroit Pistons and the Houston Rockets, and uh, he had. Uh, a pretty good career. He was a center in the NBA. We talked to Otto about his career as well as about signing autographs. He's a great TTMer. So please enjoy my interview with Otto Moore. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. Collecting trading cards can be expensive, but grading doesn't have to be. You can now grade your cards for as low as $12 a card with CSG. Get your sports cards in the industry's best and clearest holders. CSG also offers amazing customer service, fast turnaround times, and accurate, consistent grading. Plus, get access to the CSG registry and compete against other collectors for the best collections. Go to csgcards.com to start protecting your personal collection today. Save $10 off a yearly membership to CSG with code TTMCAST. Get your favorite cards into the industry's best holder for even less. Save $10 off your membership with code TTMCAST at csgcards.com. Welcoming to the show is, I'm welcoming NBA veteran Otto Moore. Otto Moore was the sixth overall pick by the Detroit Pistons in the 1968 draft at a Rio Grande Valley University, where he set many school records. He was a power forward and center in the NBA. He played for the Detroit Pistons. He played for the Phoenix Suns and the Houston Rockets, the Kansas City Omaha Kings, the New Orleans Jazz. He also went and played overseas in Italy and in uh, the Philippines as well. Welcome to the program, Otto. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so thrilled to talk to you. You know, you and I talked a little yesterday, and you you started sh uh, sharing stories with me, and it's like, no, Otto, wait, wait, let's get this on tape. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how I don't know how much on tape do I would say it's supposed to alter air, which. <laughs> well, you had, you had such an interesting career in terms of you you, you know you played in a, in a, a lot of lot of uh, locales and a lot of teams. Is there a favorite team that you, you played with, not necessarily the best team, just a, a team that you really enjoyed playing with? Yes, I enjoyed – well, I say this. Detroit, I enjoyed my time with um, the Rockets and with the New Orleans Jazz. 
it was it because the, your your teammates or the locale or or uh, your coach or just a, a combination of, of everything? It was a combination of both the uh, the players and uh, I tell you the the, the 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 best coach though I had the best coach and that's why I say off the air on the air you say stuff but at, at my age now I'm gone you just kind of speak. It, what's in you? What's the truth? What you feel? Yep. Bill Van Vitekoff. Bill Van Vitekoff was one of the best coaches that I've had. He was. The, what he was what made what made him coaches. different than, than some of the other coaches you had? He, he, Bill would let me play. He didn't tell me just rebound and block shots. He he watched he watched what I was doing. He was telling me shoot the ball. You can make this shot from there. I want you to take that shot. When you open, you take that shot. He watched me on my – he's the only coach, only coach. Well, he's the second coach. I was going to tell you the other coach was the coach I had in the Philippines. It was named Ed Ocampo. But Butch watched my uh, free throw shooting because I, I, I was never really a, a good free throw shooter. But he would see who I, who I, where the ball was hitting when I released the ball and, on my free throw shooting, and he said – why don't you stand here on the free throw line? He said, you know, most guys stand right on the line. You know, the free throw line, they stand right at that, right at, right at the line to shoot the free throws. He said, why don't you step back, take, take by the, oh, make a step back and shoot from there. Because he said, well, I noticed when you shoot, you always hit the back of the rim. You take that step back when you shoot, the ball should just about, about you know, fall like right in the middle. And sure enough, it worked. <laughs> Something that's it, 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 it was with, but he's the only coach that ever told me about what to do on the floor instead of just rebound, block shots. Oh, didn't say anything to me at all. And the coach in the Philippines, Ed Ocampo, same thing on my free throw shooting. He was coming to me tell me, you need to work on your free throw shooting. Or you, you got to shoot them better because, see, they're going to foul you. He said, you're going to get fouled. They're going to foul you. He said, the early stage of the game, the late stage of the game, they're going to foul you, put you on the line. So you see, you need to shoot better free throws. And Do you ever think you, of going underhand you, like Rick Barry? No. No? No. <laughs> that that wouldn't work. I can shoot underhand. You try something like that, that didn't work. That worked for Rick Barry and Will Chamberlain. You know, the what, what guys, other guys you know shoot underhand. That just worked. That don't yeah, nobody. Work for those two guys. Yeah, nobody. So, no. I never even considered that. I mean, in practice, you fool around doing it. And, you say, no, nah, that, that, that that's not. I'm not shooting them better over here. Underhand was no better. But coming coming as far coming as, in as a, ahead, com, coming in as a first round pick for Detroit, uh, the sixth overall pick. Did you uh, feel any pressure uh, from them as because they had they invested uh, so much draft capital in you? Was there was it uh, hard to come in as a first round pick? I never, no, no. There's never any pressure about being drafted number one. Uh, no, there's never any pressure about that. That never, that never was, even the, the press never put that because you're number one. You know, this, that, what you expect, this, that, the other, what you're going to do, or you're going to fail, you're going to succeed. Now, that, that never, that never, that never entered, entered, entered into the picture. All I wanted yeah, to do was, you know, at that time was come in and play ball and show what I can do. But the first thing they did, uh, you know, you talk to guys later on in your career, and uh, Harvey Ketchens even asked me, said, what was told to you 
when you, when you got trapped in that. And he said, what was true with you? I said, well, Harvey, they told me just rebound and block shots. He said, there you go. Because he said, that's what they told me. I said, that's, that's, they said, uh, he said, how many points did you average? He went, how many points did you average in college coming out? And I told him, and he said, and say, well, what made them think that you're coming to the pros? You can't score there. And they go, if you scored and they scouted you and they saw what you can do, shoot the ball, why would they tell you something like that? I said, exactly. I used to always think that. Why would you tell me that? You saw what I can do, you shoot the ball, but now you're telling me don't shoot the ball. Now, that works on you when they tell you don't shoot the ball because um, you shoot miss a couple of shots you're coming out the game. Yeah, even even back then, right, in the, the... – yeah. If you if you yeah. if you're if you're not a scorer, quote unquote, uh stick stick to what you know, right? Which is especially you're a big guy when, but six, you were six eleven they told you, Yeah. When they told you not to score. Not yeah. to try to score but, anyway. Yeah. Did did you have any veteran players that, that mentored you and, and took you under your wing when you were a young player? No, veterans weren't doing that back then. Oh, really? Yeah. Y'all got a misconception. Yeah, they got somebody to take on the wing. That I never heard of take take me on under your wing. <laughs> yeah, y'all, y'all, see, y'all, y'all forget we come from a we we dinosaurs, man. We y'all want to put us in with the guys. Just like now, when you when somebody say, "Man, what up, y'all? The money you made in the NBA?" I say, "Man, twenty five thousand, thirty five thousand. Occasionally, you may get up to a hundred thousand, but we didn't make no money." So to speak, yeah, I know. So y'all get us confused with these, with the with the latter guys, you know. <laughs> on the way. I even saw. I mean, I saw this maybe. A, I'm going to say maybe a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, where somebody told me, you know, you, the rookies carry the guys' bags or whatever you do as a rookie. I saw somebody said, he said, look, I play you one on one. You know, say take his bag. I just saw this too. I I play you one on one. You know, if, if I win, I take your bag. You win, you take my bag. He said he won. He said that put an end to that. He said <laughs> took one. I said what? You know, <laughs> he's like this. You carry it. You do whatever they tell you to do. Now these guys don't carry no bags for nobody. Nah, I know they don't have yeah, to, right? <laughs> well, they they don't. They're not doing it. First of all, a guy come in twenty two, well, twenty, well, eighteen, well, twenty. 18, 19, one and done, you're an instant millionaire. Instant. You're an instant yeah. millionaire. You're making three, four, five million a year. So carry bags. Who's going to carry who bags? But even your veteran, he's making, so we're butting heads right there. I'm not, I can tell you, I'm making three million. I'm not carrying nothing. I, yeah, I, I didn't mean, realize that. I, I didn't realize that, though. It's a different time now than than, than when you yeah, were. Yeah, nobody like, talked you, about that. Don't, they don't talk about that. But you read it; it comes up on TikTok or whatever. And I say, "Oh, really? I didn't know that." Do you play with so many great players? Do you have a favorite teammate or or or, or, or guy that you enjoyed uh, playing with? Oh man, I tell you, I, I I can go back to Kenny Durrett. I don't know if you know remember his name, Kenny Durrett, when I was with Kansas I don't City. Him. We were roommates. He went to LaSalle. Look at me. He went to LaSalle. Um, um, me and him, real, real good with, uh, with, with, with Kenny. Even playing with the Rockets, Cavalier. 
Let me tell you, Calvin Murphy, I tell you, he's something. <laughs> Talk Murphy. about a free throw shooter, huh? Yeah. Talk about a shooter, period. Calvin Murphy. Was, I know. Calvin, I don't know if you get, you know, Calvin is here, you know, in Houston now, you know, he's uh, with the, he's still affiliated with the Rockets. But, and uh, uh, with me and Tommy, we, uh, we, well, we joke, he jokes about uh, some guy played with the Astros named Altuve. You don't know who sure. Altuve is. And I, I don't know if you know how tall that two V is. Yeah, he's only about five six, right? <laughs> okay, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> Tommy Henderson, see, you think that two V could eat soup off of Calvin Murphy? Calvin Murphy's here. <laughs> <laughs> I call Murphy. Tommy say Murphy. Tommy wants to know: Can that two V eat soup off you off your head? He, I can't tell you how much they <laughs> And I called him. He immediately called Calvin and said, I didn't say that. <laughs> and I said, man, don't. So I said, why you put me in it? See, Murph, Murph was known. Murph never lost a fight in the NBA. Back then, guys fight. And Murph never lost a fight. Yeah. And the, the guys that Murph beat, look it up, was six, was six nine and above. Six nine and above, up to six ten, seven feet. Murph never lost a fight. And I say, man, I say, I say, you know, I say, you know, he got that, he got that little man syndrome. And I say, I can't, I can't beat him. I couldn't beat him then. I can't beat him now. So don't tell me. But <laughs> <laughs> he, he got Larry McNeil, uh, Sidney Wicks, Dale Sloot, yeah. and he got somebody else. Uh, but he never lost, the, he never lost the fight. And for him to yeah, be I mean, that's one thing that made him great, right? Is his toughness. He was a he was a, a, a made, made it all the way to the uh, Hall of Fame. You played well. Yeah. You played for Bob Cousy in Kansas City. What type of coach was was Coos? Look, you gonna have people in Boston hating me. So, <laughs> ask me about Cousy. Cousy, great player. Everybody know when you talk about his coaching. And they say, oh, he was, I told a couple of guys, he was, he was talking, he was a great player. I say nothing about his plan. He was a horrible coach. And when I got to Kansas City, he didn't, they held up practice for me too. That's another thing. When I got traded from Houston to left, it was like 72 here. When I got to Kansas City, it was something, it was something like, it was like 52. And that was miserable. But they held up practice for me. Why are you all practice for me? They had practice that night. So when I got in, I got in about six, and we went straight from the airport, draft young, straight from the airport to practice. I come in cool. He didn't say anything. that wouldn't change. He didn't say nothing to me. From the time I was there, he only lasted about two weeks because he wasn't winning, and he quit. He just left. He he couldn't take it anymore. He left. But the whole time I was there, um, uh, normally what they do when they trade you, I couldn't understand why Houston traded me in the first place. And... um. Normally, when you go to a team, they'll play you the first two, three games, and then boom, they don't play you no more. Which is what yeah, happens. Yeah, see what Yeah, and which is which is what they do it to this day with with guys to get traded. And I'm not saying all, but I think it's sixty, seventy percent. You gotta get traded. They play you the first two, three games, and then you look up and they know, oh, why did you trade for him? And he didn't. They didn't play me no more. But he um, he left. He's a terrible coach. He's a great player now. 
the Hall of Fame, a great player, great championships, but horrible, horrible coach. And something they was hiring guys with names back then, anyway. You know. You played three or four years with New Orleans Jazz, and uh, you played with Pistol yes. Pete and, and Gail, Gail uh, Goodrich. Uh, Goodrich, yeah. Goody, another Goody. Was Pistol yeah. Pete one of the, the best uh, players that you played played with? Yes, Pete was Pete was great. Um, he was great. Tell you tough, tough loser. You see guys all the time. They hate to lose. We all hate. I hate to lose. Uh, you know, not being a star. If I say I hate to lose, nobody, you know, look at me when I say I hate to lose. When a superstar say they hate to lose, and most of them, you look at all of them say they hate to lose, and they do. And Pete took it a step further. We would lose, especially on the road. And um, Pete wouldn't talk to us. Pete wouldn't talk to us after the game. Uh, the next day when we were on the flight leaving, he wouldn't talk. Pete go into that shell. He just he wouldn't talk. He come to practice. He wouldn't talk to you. It took him a, a, a while to get that loss out of his system, but he was upset with us too. I can tell. But he, he took losing to another level. But he hated to lose, just like me. When I say hated, he hated to lose. Really. Did, did you have the favorite? Did you have the favorite arena to play in, or a favorite team to play against? I'm trying to. No, not really. No, not really. Now, I wanted to win when I played against teams that traded me. Now, you know, I wanted to play real, real. I wanted to play well, well against them. But let me tell you this: we go in uh, Kansas City, right? Yep. Uh, we're, we're on the road, and Sam Lacey was was having was having knee problems already. His knee, his knee was bothering. One of the knees was bothering. But we go on the road. I can't remember. See it so long, but. Anyway, we play on the road, and we, I don't know, we play, probably played two games prior to going before we go to Portland. And Lacey, and, and prior to going to Portland, Lacey knee was bothering him. It was sore. So um, we didn't know if Sam was even, well, we didn't know it was that bad that Sam was going to play or not. We, go, we get to Portland, and the coach name was Phil Johnston. I have to say that because I say Phil Johnson, everybody think, oh, Phil, no, Phil Johnston. Okay. Not Johnson, not Phil, but the Lakers, but Phil Johnston. Yep. He was the coach. Another coach that came in, because he took over when, when, when Kuzi left. Yep. Another one, that, and these coaches get me that they don't say nothing to you, they don't talk to you, they don't greet you, they don't, they don't, they don't communicate with you. Back then, coaches didn't really talk to you. Now, they may talk to the stars, but uh, the, you know the guys. They don't talk to you. But we go in, we go to Portland. We all play Portland with Bill Walton. Now look it up. I always tell people, look at I don't. You know, I won a lot of battles. These superstars, these guys, are they won the war. I won some battles. We go to Portland, and we, I don't know. We, and uh, we go play Portland. So the night of the game, he comes in the locker room. He goes, he say, oh, he say, I told you start. Okay, you know. That's when I first I knew I was going to start then. Bill yep. Walton's team. And Bill was healthy now. Bill wasn't hurt. I'm going to say he was not hurt. We go out, we play Portland. That's, I don't, that's a throwaway game. Do you understand what a throwaway game is? Yeah. 
It wasn't a division game. It wasn't just you. No, just, no, that, but no, no. Other than that, do you know what a throwaway game means? Like, no, maybe we're not gonna win that game. So yeah, okay, it's played though, but you're not gonna win that game. That's Bill Walton. You know, we say I keep saying Walton, Portland. It wasn't that great, but they had Bill there. Bill yep. made them made that team though at that time. Sure, let's throw it. You don't expect to win that game, so just boom. Let's go out. And we're gonna play though. We go out. We beat Portland. I get twenty. Look it up. I try, look it up. I go twenty and twenty against Bill. Twenty and twenty, and we won the game. Yep. Nothing special. Nothing special said to me after the game. You know, nothing. Um. And again, I won some battles. Bill going. Bill won the war. You, I played Bill six times. Bill going. I ain't going to get 20 and 20. I may not get 10 and 10, <laughs> you know, but I want some battles. I want some battles against Kareem. I told Bobby Dandridge, look it up, you know, look it up. But we won that game, 20 and 20. And when the people, guys say, you know, how, you got 20 and 20 on Bill. I say, y'all ask how I got 20 and 20 on Bill. Y'all should be asking how to Bill. How did, how did Bill let Otto Moe get 2020 on? <laughs> that's the way y'all going to look at it. I can play. No, don't sell yourself short. No, I could play. But because of the way they were playing me, you you can, you, you don't get no rhythm or they, you're not going to play. I play one night and then I, I may not play again. Two other nights. You know, yeah, against I Kareem. Know. You know, Bobby Sanders said, I blocked Kareem's shot. I did. It's on YouTube, too. He, you know, people send that to Yeah, I knew it. I, I saw it when I, did, when I did it, back when I did it. And Bobby Sanders said, you blocked Kareem's shot. And he went off. And he scored the next. He got, he got the next eight points. I said, yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. I said, I, I can't deny that. But I said, I also played some other games, and I, I, I got 28. And 15 on him. He said, no, you didn't. I said, I got the scrapbook right here. I said, y'all don't remember that. And I took the pictures of it, and I and I sent it to him on my phone. And I said, oh, yeah, y'all forgot that. I said, yeah, I, I, I won some battles. I didn't win the wall. I won a battle. I won some battles against Kareem. Otto, I said, was, it Otto, was it harder to play against a guy like Artis Gilmore, who was, a, was in the blocks all the time, or somebody like, Dave Collins, who who was kind of just running all over the place, was, was there? Uh, 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 was it easy to play against a guy like Gilmore or a guy like Collins? So you say that, and you see, you notice that. Well, it's harder to play against. I could, you could. You, I'm surprised you didn't get a list of guys. Collins was really a forward, if you want to put him at that. He wasn't really a center. They made him a yep. center, but Collins, you know, he could play center forward, but he's quicker than me. He's more active than me, and I. To guard him, you got to go out. He's going to go around me, or he's going to shoot the jumper. And he's just—he's more active because he's basically it was not a, a, a center. Bob McAdoo, oh my God! I'm surprised y'all forgot about Bob McAdoo. No, I don't forget about Bob McAdoo. He was—he was a standing score. But and Bob McAdoo, you got to guard him. He's outside shooting jumps. You go out, he's going to put the ball on the floor. He's going to go around you. In today's NBA, man, Bob McAdoo would be something. In today's NBA, we always say Bob McAdoo 
would be something to deal with in today's NBA. So when you is there, is, the there player, against, is there a player in today's game that reminds you of your game? Yeah, I, yeah, I would say as far as like as far as like what you see with guys. Well, it's no, it's no, there's not not really nobody playing with their back, you know, to the basket. Really? No, I know it's a different game. And like Mike, you watch the Celtics, no. and they're all, all all the big guys are out there shooting three pointers. Shoot well if you ain't shooting three points, you can turn and face up and you can shoot that jump. See, I, I can shoot that I can shoot that jumper from that free throw line on in. I can I make that. Now three pointers, I don't know about doing that because guys doing it because everybody else is doing it. I would stick to what I do best. Even in today's NBA, I would stick to what I do best. Where I could where I could, where, I, where I could where I'm most dangerous at would be at that free throw line on in. And when you say that, I look at um. Uh, I try to think of guys that just can face up, and they let them shoot the jumper. Now, coaches are encouraging you to shoot to shoot the jumper. Guys that can't shoot the jumper are encouraged to shoot the jumper. Yeah, it's a different game. It's a different game. It's a way a different game. You know, I mean, when, when Bob, I'm no Bob McAdoo, but when McAdoo could go out and sh- was shooting his jump, I was just say, I could do that. I could. I, I, I can I can I can play like that, but I wasn't allowed really to to play and roam like that. It was always, you know, uh, like me and Tommy Henderson talk all the time. We always, they have, uh, with with um, I finally got Tommy out of stop telling guys get down low. Tommy, I say Tommy, there ain't no more get down low. He was always talking about MB get down low. I say Tommy, if he can play shoot from there, play from there, play. Play all around the game. Not time I get down low. You need to get his big butt down low. I say I'm coaching. I ain't telling you to get down low. I'm telling you to play, do what you do best. Do what you do best. Yep. And, uh, was there yeah. was there was there a player that um that was that that you really hated to rebound against that that was that that gave you trouble in, in the box in the defensive or offensive rebounding. Again, I'm surprised you don't have the list. Back when I played, you you have the list. See, I I have to go off my. See, I'm getting a touch up all the time. So you. <laughs> no, no, Jado, you're doing see, great. No, no, no. See I, see, I don't know the questions you go ask, and when you ask me something, I say, with that question you just asked, I can go. Okay, Nate Thurman, West Armstrong, Bill Russell, Artis Gilmore, Tom Bullwinkle, um. Kareem, you see, you go. I go down night in and night out. Bill Walton, see, I didn't get a break. Guys get a break nowadays. You talking about is there a guy? I just named seven. I just named seven, and I, and Walt Bellamy. You, you know, you it's night in and night out. Night in and night out. There was no break. Well, that's what made the game great, right? Yes. That's what I'm saying. You actually was there. Go down the list. It's the list night in and night out. And I came in back when those guys were just about leaving, you know, just about to get out of of the league. I still caught, like I caught Russell, you know, when he's going out, you know. And, 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 man, he still was at the top of his game. Did you get Did you get to play against Chamberlain at all? 
played against Wilt for about Wilt didn't Wilt didn't Wilt retired late. Uh, yeah, Wilt. Yeah, he was probably what seventy two or right seventy one seventy two. Yeah, yeah. Will Will came in late. Yeah, I mean Will retired late. He he. Uh, I caught him with the Lakers. Uh, I'm trying to think that I catch him with with Philly. I'm not sure. Uh, Might have been the area first came in with Philly. Who? He might have been there with the first year or two when you were when you came yeah, in the league. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. See, that's what I tell you. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think back to you. I, I got to tell you, I got to touch you. <laughs> no, no, you're doing great. <laughs> it's stuff I, we're speaking, stuff I we're speaking with Otto Moore. We're speaking with Otto Moore. Or Otto Moore played for the Detroit Pistons, the Phoenix Suns, the Houston Rockets, the Kansas City Omaha Kings, and the New Orleans Jazz. He also went on to play in Italy, and he played in uh, the Philippines as well. He won a championship in the Philippines. He is a uh, his number thirty four was retired by um, the the Rio Grande Valley University. He played uh, set all sorts of records there. He was the number six overall pick in the nineteen sixty eight draft. Uh, Otto, do you have any uh, memorabilia from your your playing days? Did you keep any uniforms or or special game balls or anything like that? Yes, I have a I have my jersey. I'm a jersey from Kansas City, and I got the jersey from uh, when I was with the Rockets. And I got a signed basketball with uh, um, I want to say Dave Collins, Dave being on it. Um, and I got I'm gonna call it. See, a lot of people don't even know who Bob Pettit is. Got Bob Pettit on it. Now you might know, but I say Bob Pitt. I bet you a lot of you who Bob who what, and I got Bob. I got uh, got a basketball with Bob Pettit. Bob Pettit on it, and um, um, let's see. I guess um, basically that's about it. I I, I see back then we weren't collecting. See, I got this, but the jerseys got from when I played. So, but the basketball, I just I got that one year when we went to the. Um, retired Players Association um, um, a meeting, and for some reason I don't know why. I said, "You know, I'm gonna get this. I got a ball. I'm gonna try to autograph it," and they did. But when I played, we wasn't getting autographs and and getting jerseys, swapping jerseys with guys or getting stuff. But we never did that because I said I played with Pistol. Never thought to get Pistol piece autograph. Yeah, and I, and you go on and you go on uh you go on the internet, and they got a basketball that Pete signed going for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I think I that one. <laughs> yeah, they got a cancel check on there. I don't know somebody saw the cancel check, and the check what the, 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 what the check sold for was more than what he wrote the check for. <laughs> you know? Did you did you keep anything from your New Orleans days? I mean, New Orleans no, well, the, the only thing I got is my jersey. No, I'm sorry. That's from the Rockets. No, no, I don't have anything. We weren't keeping anything. Did, were, we were you a, 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 a car? You, you know, my warm-up pant, my warm-ups that we had, you know, well, the yeah. warm-ups that we practiced in, yeah. I gave all that stuff to Goodwill. I, get, I, realized, I clean it out. I gave all that stuff to Goodwill. I put stuff to Goodwill. I gave all that stuff to Goodwill. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that's what I couldn't wear. I couldn't wear it no more. You know, I couldn't wear it. And I didn't think to give it to anybody. You know, 
just to give it to I don't know anybody. I just packed up all that stuff and sneakers. I had oh, I, had, I get boxes. I had a whole box of sneakers, and I gave the shoes, sneakers and shoes. I boxed all that up, and I gave all that stuff to Goodwill. And yeah, I gave all that stuff to Goodwill. But I did. But we wouldn't keep the stuff. I tell I tell James McElroy. I said, McElroy, I would ask you to just three years. I say for three years I should have three different. I should have. I should have a uniform. I should have pistol pit uniform. All, 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 all three years. He laughed. He said, "Yeah." I said, "I didn't think. I didn't think to grab his uniform. I didn't think to grab his sneakers when he when when we got through. He, you know, when he changed sneakers. Pete, let me have them sneakers. You know, boom. I didn't. I didn't. We didn't do that then. We weren't. We weren't getting stuff back then. Well, you I guess that's, why, that, that's kind of why it's uh, valuable now, right? Yeah, the, Jimmy Walker. You know, I, I didn't, you know, Dave the You know, I was with, I played with the Busher, you know, for a year. And uh, he didn't think about it. When the Busher got traded to the Knicks that night, we was in Kobo. They traded the Busher. The Busher went from our locker room over to the Knicks locker room, played the Knicks that night. And he beat us. He beat us. The Busher beat us. Now he just joined them. Didn't know no players, didn't know nothing. And the Busher helped them beat us. But he beat us. He beat us. The Busher beat us that night from yeah. one locker yeah. room to the next locker room. And the Busher beat us. And I'll never forget that. I said, how, I said, that's show you how good he is, though. No yeah, plays. No plays, no nothing. He just went over there and he beat us. He balled you guys up. How uh, did, were you a card collector as a kid? Did you collect baseball cards? Oh no! You know what? You just keep turning that dagger in my back. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just turn that. You just teach. man. Did did I collect? It wasn't. It, it was baseball cards. You. Were, I'm telling you, and I guess you know. I guess somebody might walk away and say I'm lying. That Tom Seaver, the, the Tom Seaver card, and 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 Mickey Mantle, a Mickey Mantle card that sold for a million. I had those cards. I'm t- I know I did. I had them. <laughs> I had oh, no. Mickey. I had them. Whitey Ford. I had those cards. I mean, as a kid, we all, the bubble gum. They come with you know. We get the bubble gum. We chew the bubble gum, but you had the cards, and after you collect so many of them, you put them on your bicycle, like, and they make that knot when the spokes run around. Click, click, click. Yeah. Or you, or you, you start pitching them. You, you find cards in the alley on the ground around the trash cans where you just start to throw them away because after a while you just we keeping them for what? And I had those cards. I had comic, I had comic books. The and well, this I had comic books, Superman comic books. And did your did your mom did your mom throw them all out? Well, how did you know? How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you this. I just soon as you know when I went to college, the day I left, right? The guy came and picked me up, you know, to take me to the airport, you know, to to, to put me on the airplane to go to school. Well I went to I went to Cutcher's Country Club. Well I don't know if you heard of Cutcher's Country Club. It's in Monticello's, New York. Look it up. I know I didn't know that. Yeah, it's in Monticello's, New York. That's where Will Chamberlain, the guys got you and you be and you be like a a bellhop, a doorman up there in Cutcher's Country Club. And 
he came and picked me. I took the airplane to New York. Got to New York. Anyway, and when I, New York, got the crutches. Uh, called home maybe two a day, two days later. And I asked my brother, I don't know, we talking. And I say, well, did you get my comics? Because I say, I think I'm going to have you send certain ones to me. He said, oh, Mama, threw those away. I say, no. Away. <laughs> I just left. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. They had what? They had you gone. One foot out the door, and all, well, we got a new room. And I kept saying, I just left that quick. She said, yeah. She said she threw them away. He said, I think she threw them away the same day. <laughs> Mom, what are you doing to me? I just left. I'm gone that quick, and she can't hold on to me that long. Just saying, well, these are his. I'm going to hold on to them a while. It reminded me of I was out the door, but they threw them away. And I said, did you get any? He said, no. And I'm saying comic books. When I go to comics, I used to go to comics. Comic book shows and whatnot. Yeah, and you see them on and you see them on the table, and they have the price price tag on the, on what the comic book costs. And my memory, I shopped there, and I said, I had, I said the same book you selling for three three grand or twenty five hundred. I said I had those books, and guys said, really? I said no. I said maybe hard to believe somebody tell you that. But I said I had this. I go through all of them. I said I had this. I remember. I, I said I had all these, all of them up there that they had up there, two, three, four, five thousand dollars. I had. And what, she, what was the, what was what was it like for you to uh, see your your face on a, a your own card your first, your first basketball card was that was that a, a surreal moment for you? Yeah, because I I, I thought just the I thought just the, the stars superstars you know they was just doing it just they, they was doing them for. Well, don't tell yourself short because you were a pretty good player in your day. Well, I, I realized that when. The, uh, the the sports writers in uh, New York. When you go to New York, you 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 don't you you don't fool those guys back then. Yep. They they knew. I'm telling you. And if you didn't, if you didn't, they write it. If you did, they write it. And in between, they write it, and they wrote, and they wrote it, and they wrote an article about me. Uh, we played the Knicks, and they wrote an article on me back then when I was in the league, and I couldn't believe. What they how they what they said about me, you know, the the good things that they said about me, and I could not believe. I say New York writers writing this about me, and um, I still got that article too, man. It was it was it's touching of what they wrote though, and I'm and I forgot to even mention Willis Reed. So you telling me about what the man said, Willis Reed, man. I, night in and night out, I had to go against guys, man. That they just. Night in and night out. So, but when they when you say when they when they, when the New York writers wrote that article about me, you know, and each time you go into New York, they always had something good to say about me, really. And that that got me because certain cities I go in, they were Philadelphia writers were kind of kind of rough. They were rough. How were the Boston writers on you? Oh, again, uh, Boston Boston writers they wrote. Uh, uh, pretty good too, especially going against uh, when I'm going against Russell. For that. I really didn't go against Russell because like my rookie year, but yes, yes, you went on and then going against with really, really cowards. You play against cowards, but no, I 
I had I won some battles with Collins, but Collins won the war. You know, you win the war, that's you know. What, what was it like playing in the, what was it like playing in the old Boston Garden? Was the the floor as bad as they say, and the the showers and the rock locker rooms as bad as they yeah. say? In fact, when you first when you see the like you know, Carlos, you look at the games on TV and say, "Man, look at that flow! God, God, that's a beautiful that's a beautiful flow." And then when you see it, you say, "Did they change the? Did they change the flow? <laughs> <laughs> they say, no, that they can't be it. That's not what I saw on TV. They say that's it." And the locker rooms look look cramped. Locker rooms, you know. <laughs> the Celtics rooms were better than were a little bit were better than ours, and we had the worst. And I say, but and I say, well, they'll they'll step above what we got, but what we got, what they used to put you in, man, out of all them locker rooms, you just and Cleveland, man, Cleveland, man, we used to say Cleveland. Oh my God, it's it was horrible. Showers were terrible. Cool. What was the and best looked, stadium? What were the best facilities? Oh, um, I would say Cobo uh, wasn't bad. The the forum, the forum. Oh man, the forum, the fabulous forum. Like it, it was the fabulous forum. That 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 was, that was, that was that was that was great. The rest of them were just they just average. Like you know when when we played um, uh, San Francisco, like they say the Cow Palace. It, it was a Cow Palace. I didn't realize what they mean because it. Converted to, I guess, rodeo or whatever they was doing back then. But you know, it, it, all of them. You, oh my goodness! Uh, let's see where else did we got. I think at the time we uh, before before uh, before Kansas City, Cincinnati. Oh man, all those places they just the arenas. Um, I think um, when we played Atlanta, Atlanta had a pretty pretty decent arena. Yep. Yeah, you, you go on and um, just. I'm told when I first came in, let's see, um, Phoenix Arena was all right. Phoenix Arena was was was, was okay, but you, you spent a couple of years in, in you, you spent a couple of years in New Orleans. Was uh, it must have been nice to have uh, all that great food at at your fingertips constantly? Yeah, yeah. Is that like yeah. one of your favorite cities? You know, you say that. I just tell people, I say, man, the food was great. I say, I've always, oh, I know. I always used to tell guys that anybody, I say, man, the food. The food was really, it was, the food was great. You know, go to a restaurant or somebody cooking something, the food, food was just, food was just great, man. I, you, when you say food, I just, I go off and say, oh, man. <laughs> gumbo, I really didn't really know about gumbo. I didn't know about, really about gumbo. You hear gumbo, but you know not about gumbo. Till I got there, once I, they had gumbo, I was eating gumbo almost every day because I'd go eat. I eat it, and I had to get me a bowl of gumbo. And gumbo was was just was was fantastic. Well, let's get let's get back to uh, cards for a second. Um, do you have a favorite card from your playing days? I know you you know you you, you still sign a lot of autographs through the mail. Um, do you have a favorite card to sign, or a favorite a uh, favorite card of your own? Do well, they got uh, they got the, the jazz? Yeah, yeah, they, they, they got two jazz cars. In fact, they got one with me on there. It's a jazz, and 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 Truck Robinson Truck was with uh was Washington then. But I'm but I'm on there with, with the jazz and Truck, and that's a good. That's that's one of that's 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 one of my that's one of the cars I like, and just a a car with just being jazz uniform. Uh, it's pretty good. 
Yeah, the big, the tall one, the '76 tall one. I like. I really like that one as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't uh, the Kansas City one. Uh, I don't like. Um, but other than that, uh, yeah. But those, but the one, those two, I, I named yeah, because I get yeah. those and I get those and I and I like when they send those. I say this is just pretty good card, pretty good card. Are you still signing a lot of cards through the mail? Do you still get a lot of requests? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They at some sometimes you know so it, it'll die down. You know what? It'll die down. It'll die down, and I may not get anything. I mean, for maybe. I say, I mean, I say maybe three weeks, and I say, well, I guess it's over now for me getting cards. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, what happened? Did my name pop up somewhere? And I get like, <laughs> I get like three, four, five a, a day. If a mailman will come, I got three today, and tomorrow I'll come and be two more than the next day. And they're coming waves, and I'm like, what happened? All of a sudden, I, you know, and I'm getting cards, and I've, I've gotten cards as far as ways of, Australia, um, Japan, and um, it really, I say, really Japan? And uh, I got them, yeah, I got them pretty, 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 uh, Honolulu, um, you know, Hawaii. I, I've gotten cards, you know, and I, I've signed them. I, 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 I've sent them back. You and I talked a little yesterday that um, how awesome your signatures you have a fantastic signature that can that people can read and i know that's important to you yeah because again when i play i say one day i used to think that i say but i want to start I just just a, i just a, i guess a, just a, a decent player i said and i used to say i used to tell them you know why you want my autograph i did especially when we when we played the knicks oh my god you come out and it'd be and I, I was, I wasn't gonna say hundreds, but it'd be, it looked like a hundred people be, because back then they could come, they could get close to the bus, you know, people could get close to you, and they'd be, sure. at, they'd be around the bus, and and uh, and they want my, I say, I say, what, you want my autograph? I say, yeah, especially New York, you know, they want you to sign, they have pictures of you, you know, for the program, and want you to sign the program and whatnot, and um, and uh, and I wouldn't sign, now somebody would have a little piece of paper. I mean, that's a piece. I said, I'm not going to sign that. You ain't going to keep that. And I wouldn't. I see you. I mean, I'm talking about a, a piece of paper, you know, just a, yeah, a, little, a little piece of paper. Yeah, a little scrap. I said, I'm not signing that because you're not keeping that. I said, if you had something for me to sign, I said, but I said, I'm not going to sign that. I said, oh, I hope you don't feel bad, but you're not going to keep that. That's just, you just tore off a corner or something. But um, I was I'm just surprised where I went. They want me to sign. I said, do you really want my autograph, or you want his autograph? You just—I'm just there, so you want to say, no? I want your autograph, and but I'm saying it because the, the the gist of it is, I say one day nobody gonna want me to sign anything, so sign now <laughs> and sign so they can read it thirty years from now. You you got some stuff you can't read these, some of these stuff these guys. You want even on my ball? I tell somebody sign it so I so I can read it. And so I got to tell them. I say, sign it. I say, sign it so I can read it. I look on there. You got some scribble on it. You can't. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, so I, I sign no, it. You, you have, Otto, you have such a great, great odd, um, signature. And it, it it's just, you can tell that you took, you take the time. And, um, it, you know, as a fan, it's great, great that it's not just a scribble because, you know, I collect autographs and 
I can't tell you how many scribbles I get, and I can't, you know, you can barely read the guy's name, or or it's just one letter, you know. Oh, I can have some guys that I played with, and I used to look at them, and I, I got, I tell them, I say, and if I was, if I come and get your autograph, you put it right there. I say, I, I just crumble it up and throw it, throw it right on the ground, right over there. And they say, well, you threw it on the ground. I say, I would. I say, and I tell them, and if you put your hands on me. I would own 50% of you because I'm going to sue you. <laughs> I say, go ahead and hit me. Said, go ahead. I'm going to sue you. But I say, I would. I say, I'll just throw it. I say, I'll just I'll throw it and hit you to give you an excuse that to, to, to do something to me. I crumb it up and throw it over my shoulder. And you get upset. I say, how are you going to sign something that can't nobody tell with it? You don't want to do it. Just say you don't want to sign. But don't. I said, tell them, why you do that? Why would you do that? I say, the guy he wants your autograph, and then you just you like you just scribble it like you don't want to do it. Don't do it. I just tell him, don't do it. I say, no, I said, man, I, I just tell him. I, I and now I agree with on the crown. We're, we're speaking with Otto Moore. Otto Moore played in the NBA from 1968 to 1977, right? 76. He played with the Detroit Pistons, the Phoenix Suns, the Houston Rockets, the Kansas City Omaha Kings. And the Utah Jazz, he also went and played in Italy and in um, Philippines. He won a championship with the, uh, in the Philippines. He uh, went to the Rio Grande Valley University. He is in their Sports Hall of Fame. He sport, scored over 5,000 points in his career. He had over 5,000 rebounds and over 1,000 assists during his NBA career. Uh, Otto, do you have a, a memorable uh, one memory memory that, uh, from the being on the court, a game that you really uh, bring you know brings a smile to your face, or a moment that that really uh, brings a smile to your face in terms of favorite memory on the court. Well, you, you know, um, when I told you about the Bill Warden game, yeah. Well, I should say the Bill Warden, the Portland game. I should stop saying the Bill Warden, the Portland game. You right, know, but in your I, mind, you went up against Bill Walton. Didn't that, but, right? but, but, but see, I went up against everybody. Uh, Wes Onsell, when you say that, to win the battles against these guys, and they were great. You know, so I can't take nothing back from them. They've been great. So these guys say, okay, so I got a game. I got more than a game, but I got a particular game that, that I remember, but I won some battles, just like I won, like I said, against Kareem. I won battles against, I won battles against uh, Ansel and Alvin Hayes. Playing, they playing together. We, you know, I got a scrapbook that I think you know Ansel. He got Ansel got twenty seven and twenty. Well, I got twenty and fifteen, and we won the game. You know, so Nate Thurman. Same thing. Just won some battles. And it's great when you go against the great ones. And you can get them several times in the course of your career. So when you say, yeah, it's, it's some games. You know, I smile like against Wilt. You know, it's it's, it's games um, yep. that, that you think that, well, the guy, he, he, the guy just beat me, beat me, beat me. But I won some battles. Well, you had... You had a really big game. You're, you're, the, mo- uh, the most points you scored, I guess, was 30 points you, you scored against uh, your old Detroit Pistons in November. Bob Lanier, yeah. yeah. You know, I know, Bob Lanier, yeah. 
You got yeah. that. You got that one too. Oh, yeah. I yeah, I get that so one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, see, so many, see so many battles. I can't remember all the battles. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember that. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Were you? Were you close to the thirty points? And you, and, and you like near the end of the game, you are like, oh, I got to hit thirty. No, you don't. Even, you didn't. You didn't know how many points you got. I, I've gotten. I've gotten close to thirty a couple of few times in the league. I did. I got twenty eight. Like I said, I got twenty eight against uh, against Kareem. Um, I got twenty out oh, twenty five a few times. Yeah, I don't know. You don't know till the game is over. Yeah, you know that that you did that and um, you did it. But you know, during the game, I'm having a game, but I'm not thinking about that because you 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 playing a game. You're not thinking about the points I got, how many rebounds I got, how many block shots I, I got. I know. Did you see the thing with uh, Giannis the other day? He was going for a triple double, yeah. and it was near yeah. the end of the game, and he missed he missed <laughs> yeah. the shot to get his own rebound to make it over. Yeah, yeah but they, they they denied it. The NBA denied it. And I didn't see the reason why they said why. And it's on YouTube, but something happened and I didn't read it. Of why they denied denied it, and I say, well, I don't know why I wanted to read it. Say, well, okay. He didn't. He didn't score, but he just threw it and get the rebound. He didn't try to score. I said, "Why right. would they deny?" It? You know, it, and the game hadn't ended yet. You know, it had been the same if he had scored, but they had denied the two points. Yeah, I think somebody didn't like it for some reason. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> oh, they don't like anything. All right, uh, more. Thank you very much for your time. I don't. I, don't, I could keep you all day talk, talking basketball and talking collectibles. I really and, enjoy and I could the do time. It too do it. Me and Tommy do this. We talk it all most most times like this. <laughs> well, you know, you know what? Maybe I'll have you and Tom on together because I've had I've had Tom Henderson on before, and now I have you on. Maybe we'll get you guys on together, and we'll we'll kind of swap stories and and reminisce a little uh, for the both of you. I'd love to just sit back and let you guys go. You know, that would be great. That would be real great. And uh... well, Joe, we had a nice, connect, concise joke. Uh, for this one on Wednesday, right? It wasn't like all the ramb- rambling some some of our Saturday podcast, but it was a really uh, concise show. And I want—I'm so happy that we got to play Otto's uh, interview because we've been putting it off for a couple of weeks, and it's nice to uh, have, give people a chance to to hear from Otto because he's—he was a really great guest. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, anytime, like you said, we've been previewing that one, saying, "Oh yeah, we're going to get to, we're going to have those week." Oops, we're not. And then, so yeah, great to get him on there. Good to hear from him. And I mean, sometimes it's players that get stuck on the bad teams that have some of the best stories out of any of them. So yeah, and he's he's a great storyteller. Well, guys, exactly. Saturday, Saturday, uh, this Saturday, our show was going to feature Bob Costa, who is a TTMer. He's been TTMing since he's thirteen years old. Thirteen years old, he is from Canada, Ontario, Canada. So he's a big uh, hockey guy, and he also is a. Uh, a Red, Red Wing fan and a Ranger fan. So we're going to talk to no, no, Ranger, Red Wing fan and a Tiger fan. Let it get it right. Red Wing fan and Tiger fan. We're going to talk to Bob about TTM and, and collecting on Saturday. We're also going to hear from Les Wolf and get his take on all everything that's happening in the world of uh, collecting. We'll get Les's take on uh, Beckett, right? Now let's get, we'll, yep. we'll find out about uh, Les's take on Beckett. If you have any questions for Les, just send us an email too. TTMcast at yahoo.com. And if you have any questions about how to uh, protect and you preserve your uh, your your collection, or if you want to have, uh, if you have something you'd like less to maybe appraise, or if you have any questions about just collecting autographs in general, send us an email to 
TTMcast at yahoo.com. And we'll ask Les this week. Uh, and next uh, Wednesday on TTMcast 101, we have an MVP, World Series MVP, Rick Dempsey from the Baltimore Orioles. And he also played for a number of teams, including the Yankees and the Dodgers. I uh, played for the Milwaukee Brewers for a year. So we're going to talk to Rick about his time in Major League Baseball and his career and also uh, signing autographs. Rick, is it was a really fun interview. He just kept on going and told a ton of stories told some stories about um, pulling pranks on other players. And it's, he's just a, a real uh, character. He was a real character of the game. We also talk about uh, the time that Rick, I don't know if you remember, he did the uh, Babe Ruth mimic on at the World Series, uh, the, uh, the college shot during a, a rain delay at Fenway Park. And I was actually in the stadium for that. I actually saw that when I was a kid in 1977. So we talk about that as well. So that as soon as you said week. that he talks about the pranks, that was the first thing I thought of was, wait a second, didn't he do the thing on the uh, on the tarp there? And yes, there you go. Yeah, we talked to him about that as well. So that will be Rick Dempsey, 1983 World Series MVP with the Baltimore Orioles on next week's one-on-one. Remember, Saturday, we have our regular show with Bob Costa and uh, Les Wolf. Um, anything else you want to add before I let you go, Drew? I think we're pretty well covered there. Uh, hopefully I'll have some in-person graphing to talk about there on uh I think, yeah, on Saturday as well. So, yeah, hopefully. All right, guys. We wish everyone many happy returns. See you on Saturday. Be good.